You are listening to Cinema 7. You can explore with us on all podcast platforms. If you're listening to us on iTunes, don't forget to subscribe. Rate us at least five stars and leave a review. That would help us out a lot. We'd appreciate the feedback. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, let's get down to it. Today we're talking about Return of the Jedi. Uh, technically, Yo. this is a take two episode, but we're us- basically just going to le- use this to lead into uh last jedi and when we talk about that when that comes out today we're joined by a guest it's my uncle matt nixon how's it going (laughs) follow him on it on uh instagram at gorilla with a tie that is gorilla (laughs) with a tie follow him on instagram you know what i'm saying he's got all kinds of he's an artist he's got kinds all kinds of uh sketches and stuff on there you can explore his art on the instagram gorilla with a tie and a and uh fire nice chris hawk is joining me for this episode i'm the fire i gotta bring it <laughs> and i'm ice so i gotta cool you down yeah uh john <laughs> john kanoki uh <laughs> is missing in action we don't know where he is he's pow right now prisoner of war he's a force ghost he's a force ghost Obi John Kenobi, Kenoki, <laughs> Obi Wan Kenoki, whatever you want to call him, he was our only hope. He's our only hope. Of you, kind of a take two of uh, Return of the Jedi. We rewatched Return of the Jedi, and we're gonna get into it and talk about all the metaphors. We're gonna talk about our Last Jedi theories about what's up with Luke and all that jazz. What's your guys' uh, general? I guess what's your guys's general? perception of return of the jedi is this up there with like empire or is this better than than empire to you guys uh start with my uncle uncle matt (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think so man i mean empire was so it was just one of those movies that's like so epic that how can you kind of beat it you know i think this was the jedi was like the end of the trilogy so um i i think i mean i think it's it's not as good, but it's good for me because it's like one of the first movies I saw in the theater, other than Empire. I barely remember seeing Empire, but Jedi was like one of those was one of the films that I saw that really um You remember? Stuck with me, yeah, because of you know, he had that badass green lightsaber and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people knocked the Ewoks, but I loved them and I still do. <laughs> blinking or not blinking Ewoks, I love them. <laughs> um Yeah, so you really can't beat Empire. I think Empire is one of the best movies of all time, honestly. Chris Hawk. I yeah, I think Return of the Jedi is easily a great bookend to the to the original trilogy. It really it's more fun than the A New Hope and it's more adventurous than Empire Strikes Back. Well, I wouldn't say adventurous, but I just I feel like Empire leaves you hanging a little bit and then Jedi really closes all the all the links that are there. There's nothing there after Return of the Jedi. So realistically, Seven didn't really need to happen, but, you know, it did. It's a good ending to the trilogy, to all six movies. 
You know, it's you've got Vader's ending, Luke's ending, supposedly. You know, we don't know. Yeah. Now, Matt uh, just mentioned it. My uncle said that uh, I got call him. I got call him Uncle Matt. So if you hear me call him Uncle Matt, that's fine. It's because it's because he's my uncle. That's what I know him as. It's weird calling him just Matt. <laughs> so I'm gonna call him Uncle Matt. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll take that, man. It's way better. Uh. The, I'll be offended if you did. <laughs> Go to your room. The the public general perception of this movie, I mean, it's 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 eighty percent Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I know we hold Rotten Tomatoes too high uh, nowadays. Like it's almost the be all end all for some people. Uh, I am IMDb. It gives it an eight point four out of ten. But for some reason, this is still a lot of people's least favorites. And I know for you guys, this is favorite uh out of the original trilogy yeah i think so man it's it's definitely mine um i know it's hawks um, yeah i know he said that right it was his favorite movie yeah Yeah, he just said that so when did you guys first when did you guys first see it saw the original on vhs and this was before anakin's force ghost it was the david prouse force ghost so that's how that's my first viewing on it was on VHS when we had like the VHS rewinders that we we wind the VHS tapes for you, and that was when I was introduced to Star Wars. So it wasn't like the uh, the stuff they fixed up. They put what, would, what remember the re-releases in the, like the was it the nineties or the early yeah with all the extra crap they put in there. The extra music, I think, in Jabba's palace. The um. He added. I think he added the cut scene, the uh, scene of Boba, and also they added Naboo to the ending celebrations. I saw that Boba Jabba flirting. The they added that weird CGI job of the hut. You know, it was the worst. I don't need to get off on a tangent, but the worst part of that movie was that dumb song. Remember that? <laughs> the Max Rebo <laughs> band. Oh, we are. That's amazing. Are you kidding me? I watch that now. So bad. Oh, uh, John Kenoki is here. John Kenoki has joined us. He is no longer a prisoner of war or missing in action. <laughs> hey, I'm just here at the uh, appointed time. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I told you. I told you John Kenoki is never late. He's always on time. John, what's, um, what's your uh, general uh, thoughts on Return of the Jedi? Do you, do you like this one more so out of uh new hope and empire or where's this rank on your uh star wars list uh personally it's not very high but it's higher than two the attack of the clones <laughs> yeah it's probably second to last i'm not saying it's bad it's just uh not my movie personally is it the ewoks john i gotta know no i don't even mind the ewoks ewok adventure man <laughs> yeah. So we were just no, talking about watch that holiday special too, right? <laughs> oh, that's the best. We Lumpy. we were just we were just talking about the uh the uh the public's general perception of this movie and it is ranked high on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and it is still favorited uh high, but it it's a lot of people in the uh general public it seems like it's the least favorite out of the three and you know, everyone dogs on the Ewoks and stuff. John, can you tell us a little bit about what you know about the uh, public's general consensus, or how I can't even say the words? Yeah. I mean, that's what I hear. I, everybody seems to hate it for some reason. I don't think it's that bad, but, I mean, 
obviously it's not my favorite movie, but I don't know. I don't understand the hate for it, especially the Ewoks. Matt, how do you feel about the Ewoks? I love the Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because I don't know. I, I I just when I whenever I see like uh, an Ewok, I, I kind of you know kind of makes me feel like a kid. You know, that's why I watch, like a lot of these movies. You you watch them and you're like, that's how I judge a film. It's like it takes me back, especially a Star Wars film. Like it takes me back to the time when I actually first saw them. Like especially the new ones. Like it brings you back into that. Because everybody wants to have that nostalgic feeling, right, of of being a kid. So that's what it does for me. And that's especially, like, whenever I think about that movie, I think about the Ewoks. Everybody hates them, but... Not everybody hates them, but... Um, I think you need that, like... Star Wars always has that serious part, but it always has that kind of, uh, like, that fun as well, you know? Yeah. That's what it does, I think. Because it's not always... Because, you know, those movies are made for kids, honestly. That's what... <clears throat> even Lucas says that. Yeah, because in uh, New Hope, I guess you could say uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 are the, are the fun. And then, you know, in Chewie 2 as well. In, yeah. in Empire, it would probably be almost the same thing. And it'd be Chewie more so in that one. And Ch- Chewbacca really didn't do anything in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> he just sat there. Yeah, he really... He really didn't do anything. I, I, just, I just literally watched it, and Chewbacca was along for the ride the entire movie. He didn't do anything. Hold on. What does he actually do at all, anywhere? anywhere? Like, uh, when, when's he that important to where he's not just standing there? He saves C-3PO from, uh, from being destroyed in Cloud City. Yeah, he puts um, him back together. Puts him back together. He's like the dog in the movie, you know? Like, <laughs> really? Yeah, he's... He's there, but he doesn't do a whole lot to begin with. I mean, he flicks some switches on the Millennium Falcon. That's yeah, that's true. I mean, he's a co-pilot. That's important. Yeah, he is. Sansa was bulldog, but he's still standing there doing nothing. <laughs> but I just, I just feel like it was weird that he. You know, I, I was just watching him. He's he didn't have any anything important to do in this movie in Return of the Jedi. So I, I, I looked up some some major complaints. Uh, they they. I guess the educated people that are not just blaming Ewoks uh, are saying the pacing because the first 45 minutes of the movie isn't, isn't really related to the rest of the movie. And then the end has so much going on that it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie. That's, I don't know. That's their argument. I don't know if I well, see that, though. What are you talking about? The first 40 minutes is them rescuing Han, which is important to the... They need Han. Han's- yeah, I, I know. I, that's, I, I don't see it, but... I guess that's a pretty, uh, I don't know, big complaint. Yeah, like a lot of people have the same opinion. I mean, I could see how it would be different from the other Star Wars because you're in four to five different locations in the other Star Wars movies. In this one, you're only in three. You're only on Endor, the planet moon of Endor, the forest moon of Endor, uh, yeah, Dagobah, okay, get it right. and, then, and then Cloud City. Not Cloud City, uh, Tatooine. So you're only on like three planets, and then the Death Star. So I could see complaints that it's not like a Star Wars because you're not really going anywhere in the galaxy. You're only going to three places. I kind of like it though because I noticed the, the the three different locations too. It's like a three act play almost. It's like a it's like three separate acts. Like there's the uh, you know Tatooine, there's Endor, and then there's the Death Star, and it's, it kind of gives it a uh, it kind of grounds itself. I feel like, and it. it it uh, I like it that way. I don't know. 
I, I think it's pretty cool. I can't hear you. Matt asked us earlier, what was our first, what was our first viewing of uh, Return of the Jedi? Hawk answered, told us about VHS and stuff. John, when did you first watch Return of the Jedi? I'm going to be honest. I don't remember where, when I first saw any of the movies. I just can't recall it. I just, it's like I've just seen them, you know? Same. It's like, like I watched them at one point, but I don't know when that was. I think the first time I ever saw them, um, I had to be real young. It was when the first special edition came out with all the, the first added things. Because that was like a big deal. And I remember we bought the big VHS with Vader's face on it. And yep. I remember Matt, my Uncle Matt, gave me like some Star Wars toys and stuff like that when I was little. So I, I, I kind of, that's where it kind of started. So I remember watching it then, and I think, I think New Hope is more, more memorable to me as a kid. Like, I remember watching New Hope more so than the other two. Yeah. But uh, that's yeah, when I, I... I don't really know, because we didn't own the VHSs, and my dad was a Star Trek guy. Like, he watched Star Trek all the time. I don't, I don't remember him ever watching Star Wars. Has so your dad watched Star Wars? Yeah, he's seen it. Obviously, I just don't know when like he first saw it, and I don't recall him ever watching it when I was like younger. I only remember like he was huge into Next Generation Star Trek, so it was like that. I that I got that sci-fi, but I never like, yeah. got the Star Wars. So I don't know when I saw it. I know I saw Episode One in theaters, but maybe I watched the other ones after I watched Episode One. I I can't recall. Yeah, I don't remember my shock of when. And Empire learning that Vader was Luke's dad. I can't remember if I was shocked or not. You know, like, that, uh, that shock thing, I, uh, my boss at work actually shows his, his kids uh, the movies in a specific order. And the other kids like, don't spoil that for the other kids. So like, they, they all see it like completely legit not knowing. Because like, nobody tells them. He's like really uh, particular about that. Now, Matt, do you remember when you first showed Luke and Annabelle? <laughs> uh, they probably they've probably been watching it uh, ever since they were born. <laughs> Especially Luke. <laughs> yeah, because I think Luke went and see Luke. When was the first prequel movie released? Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, so let me see. He would have been like, well, Revenge of the Sith was two thousand five. Was it? Let me see. Ninety nine. The, 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 Attack of the yeah, Clones was. I think he, that he that was like his first introduction. You know, I've been watching them in the house ever since they were born. I mean, we watch. I watch them every week still. So I, I don't know. But, now Matt uh, mentioned it earlier. We were, um, well, I, well, Hawk was at, talking about it too. We were kind of mentioning the the added scenes for the special, uh, the special editions and how he. <laughs> He keeps, he keeps, uh, Lucas kept adding stuff, um, and so, Matt, do you remember the CGI and the special effects when you first saw it, or the, from the original cut of Return of the Jedi without the added scenes or the updates to digital? Oh, yeah, yeah, um, as far as... What was it, what was it like watching those movies without the, uh, update to digital and the... And I guess the the fresh cut of it, because he he pretty much took all three movies. That's what the special edition was, right? And he kind of cleaned them yeah. up, and then he added some things. I think I think his intention was he didn't have 
the technology or the money to yet to do all the special effects or how the movies he actually wanted to make them. Mm-hmm. So the way he released them as it is. So I think he went back and added all this stuff. You know, the one scene in New Hope, they actually filmed that, with the Jabba the Hutt scene? You know, that part yeah. where he... Yeah, that was actually with an actor. Yeah, it's a fat guy. Yeah, and then uh, right. they he just cut that out of the movie and then figured later on, oh, I'll just put Jabba the Hutt in there, which looked kind of weird. Like, you look at it now, it doesn't really matter. You can definitely tell, like, the difference. <laughs> you can tell, like, mm-hmm. oh, this... This crap was added because it it just looks better. Because a lot of those scenes in the original film were all practical. Like that, um, I think what stands out most for me was the battle, the the end scene in the battle with this in the space. Yeah, it's it's all it's mostly practical effects. So um, for New Hope or for uh, Return of the I'm Jedi, sorry, Return of the Jedi, yeah, like the the Return of the Jedi, the um, the last scene in there. Because I think that's where he added most of the stuff, wasn't it in Jedi? Yeah, I think that's when he first was starting to do, like, green screen, or technically then it was blue screen. Yeah, with models and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not one of those purists where it's like, oh, I got to see the original Star Wars again with no added stuff or the original director's cut. Like, people are bent on that, you know. I think Mm -hmm. they've – I don't even think you can get it anywhere. They don't release it anymore. I think they – they 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 hit all the copies somewhere with the. I still have. Or I still have some of the DVDs when they first released them on DVD, and mm-hmm. the DVD of Return of the Jedi I have doesn't show uh, Hayden Christensen as Anakin, and it still has most of the um, the stuff because I think when he released them on Blu-ray in that big set is when he added he just went full ham and added a whole bunch of stuff and he changed. And New Hope, he changed uh, Obi Wan's, you know, scream. So it sounds like you know he's partying. Yeah. He's like woo instead of you know <laughs> the do back. And then, uh, but if you honestly like, if you it, I don't think it adds anything for me. Like I don't think if he never did that, it wouldn't have affected me in any way as, mm-hmm. as a viewer. I don't think it was necessary. Honestly, I think it was just an artist saying I need to make this the way I actually wanted it to be. Yeah. I don't think it really, honestly, if I never saw that band cut scene or, um, another do back in, you know, in the yeah. background of uh, hope, I wouldn't have cared. It was still the same. The film still has the same effect for me. So it was just fun to really revisit that in the theater. Cause they had, they only re-released them in the theater with all the special edition stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just, fun to go, Oh, what did he add? What yeah. Add, you know, but I I wouldn't have cared really less if he did it or not. I think it was just a. I don't know why he did it, honestly. So, um, Hawk and John, we we kind of grew up with the special editions, and we didn't really get a chance to see that theater experience with Return of the Jedi or see uh, like a fresh cut of it, unless you had it on VHS somehow with the original cut. What do you guys What do you guys think of of the special effects in the CGI in return if you can try to cipher through the the additions uh starting with John I mean I I'll agree, I'll agree with Matt here I don't I don't think that they add anything but they're just kind of there it's like oh, okay that's there but I didn't really need it you know like things they go back and add it it just 
it's, it's like it made so little a difference to me that it didn't matter. But a lot of people get mad about that, and I don't see the point. It doesn't change anything, really. I mean, minus, you know, Obi-Wan screams in other movies, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, Han, <laughs> shooting, Han shooting first. All right. Well, well did you see... Um... Who's the that Pablo guy that kind of he works at Lucasfilm? Pablo Hidalgo. Yeah, he he was somebody asked him a question about if they would ever release the original cuts and if Han really shot first or something, and he said from a certain point of view, it, whoever you are in the bar, Han shot first and maybe Greedo shot first, depending on your point of view or whatever. Oh my God. I thought that was kind of a good answer for it. No, it's, it's not a, a good a answer because he did sh- he did shoot first. <laughs> he's like he did. He's like t- he's like tiptoeing around it, you know. Like I don't want to I don't want to piss anybody off here. But I even think Lucas said, "Hey, Han shot first. and he did because the original cl- the original cut is Han Solo shooting Greedo in the face. <laughs> and you never see that weird like jump where he moves his head and you know yeah Greedo shoots. Um, but the, I think that really defined because han solo was a scoundrel and then he turned into it, like a lovable makes, guy you know yeah, he was like the loner makes, go ahead it makes a lot more sense that he han shoots first because greedo is supposed to be a bounty hunter also and he's missing point blank at han solo you know what i'm saying worst shot ever unless han shoots him and then like the after effects he pulls the trigger he's dead though and he misses han Makes a lot more sense. Unless he was a stormtrooper first. Unless Jabba the Hutt just employs some crappy bounty hunters. Like, some terrible bounty hunters. Does he not... Do background checks? Does he not do any background checks? Like John's saying, does he not screen these guys? Like, he's running a very lucrative business of smuggling, and he has the worst people smuggling. Maybe Greedo was one of those... uh... You know, those people that want to be in the group or want to be in a gang. And they're like, come on, man. Let me in, man. Let me in, man. Just let me in the gang, man. And then Jabba's like, you know what? You got to prove yourself to me. Go find Han Solo. And if you can kill him or capture him, I will make you a part of the Jabba Palace crew, bro. And then he goes. Yeah. And he goes and he just fails. I think what we're going to see now is the backstory to Greedo. That's the next Star Wars anthology movie. But Hawk, what did oh you think God. of the special effects and the CGI in Return of the Jedi? He kind of tried to update it a little bit, and you could—I just watched Return, and it, the movie still holds up. There's like one or two parts where the CGI actually takes me out of it a little bit, but it's—it's it's not even that bad. It's just the, the uh, whatever those things are called, the jet bikes. Um, yeah, speeder bikes. Speeder bikes. That's the only part where the CGI is noticeable to me. I don't know if did he add anything to that scene. I don't even remember. I don't think he added, but it might have been one of the scenes where they, they like. Oh, you're talking about original, like the original cut of it. The special. They do, they do like a, a sharp turn, and I don't think that was in the original, because it looked it looked CGI. But even the back, do you th- do you notice anything with the background, like the uh, them driving through the trees or anything? Does it look like it's on a blue screen, or can you tell they were not really in the forest? No, I think that would they were really in the forest of what what California, right? The Redwood Forest? Yeah, I think the guy walked around with um, one of those, uh, I forget what kind of cameras they call it, but it, it shoots at a really low speed. So when you speed it up, it looks like you're going really fast. It's like a steady cam. Hmm. And then all the scenes, I think they filmed it. There was some trickery there. I think they filmed some of the stuff 
in reverse for some of the stuff. I don't know. I don't don't quote me on that, but and then of course the guy walked around and like with the steady cam and then they sped it up and then they added the actors and stuff in post, I guess. The best part they added was the uh, beginning in Java's Palace, the band. That was, that's the best part they added. It, the guy yelling. You could see the drill in his <laughs> mouth. <laughs> oh, it, ah, it's just he's just the best part. I mean, <laughs> I have that on my on my iPod. <laughs> And I listen to that in the car, blasting it. And all the old people next to me are like, what is he listening to, that young fella? That you know the music fella. in Star Wars? The music in Star Wars is called Jizz, right? You know that, right? Yeah, I've heard that. The band, the band that's playing in the cantina. It's not jazz, it's jizz. <laughs> what's a, what, now, the director of the Return of the Jedi is, uh, what's his name, Richard? Uh, Mark Wong? Yeah, Richard Marquand. Uh, what do you guys think of his directing in this movie, or do you think he was really? Do you think Lucas was pretty much just there the whole time, telling him what to do? Well, I know he was. Well, I think well, he's an executive producer on that, right? So I think he was. He was still really involved. You see a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. He's especially on Endor. There, uh, he's there directing them, and in my opinion, getting in their way, but. Um, <laughs> I think he did okay. I mean, Lucas, to me, is not really a great director. He's a really good storyteller, good uh, visionary. But um, I think he had a few directors lined up to do that film. I know Spielberg was going to do it, but he had uh, something with the Directors Guild because those movies are technically independent films. So uh, I think of Jedi, at least. He wasn't allowed to do it because he would have got fined and thrown out of the Directors Guild, so he didn't do it. But, um, I mean, I thought it was fine. I don't know. Yeah, I thought he was, for what it was, you know? I mean, he really just followed George's lead on everything. So, I mean, what else could you do? I, the, compared to Empire, I mean. I know the uh, the first person, or one of the first people Lucas asked was uh, David Lynch, but he had to do Dune. David Lynch, yeah. 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 That would have been a pretty interesting Star Wars movie. I guess. Yeah, very, it, would. <laughs> it would have been slower than Return of the Jedi, like a very slow burn movie. <laughs> Avant garde. But I would agree. I think he he basically did what Lucas told him to do, and I mean the the movie's like pretty cut and dry. We're gonna tie up all these loose ends and end it. It's not really taking a lot of artistic leaps in terms of plot or anything. So I, that's what he needed. He just needed somebody to to do what he needed to do. Yeah. Now you mentioned Empire. This uh, the story leading in, and you know Han gets so. turned into Carbonite. Uh, Boba doesn't want him dead. He's no good to him dead. Uh, Luke finishes his is finishing his training with Yoda. In this one, we pretty much see that he's a full on Jedi Master. Uh, he's a Jedi Knight. Jedi Not Knight. A Jedi sorry, he, he's pretty much a Jedi Master. I mean, he, by the I feel I feel like at the end this was his trial to be a master. It seems like to me. There's no council to be a master at, so how could he be a master? Okay. He's a master in his own right. <laughs> I'm a master. <laughs> you know, you find out... Th- this is the one you find out Leia's his sister, correct? Yeah. And Yeah, yeah that's confirmed in this one, yeah. And, and quite frankly, I, I think um, you don't really find out Vader's his father until Obi-Wan says it, and they have that little argument in the woods. Because when you see Empire, you're like, Darth Vader, when I was a kid, I thought Darth Vader was lying. He's like, he's a liar. 
Yeah. And then when you get Jedi, you're like, wait a second. The whole uh, a certain point of view thing. Uh, okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Obi Wan. Obi Wan just feeding the stuff that Anakin yelled at him. John, what? So, uh, John, what's your uh, opinion on Luke in this movie and his his uh, his growth? I've never been a huge fan of Luke personally. I mean, he he does have like a complete arc in terms of you know being that guy that didn't know anything to learning to almost mastering you know the art that he was given. I wouldn't say he's anywhere close to being good at it, but it's passable enough, you know, which is I think fits his character. Because he's not he's not that serious of a character, really, you know. That's yeah. That that's that's one thing I feel like Lucas shows in in the prequels is where the Jedi were in fighting skill, and then it, it almost in sense once they fell, it, it kind of like took this more uh, Ronin uh, samurai style, uh, you know, down to its its basic roots in a sense because the Jedi had so many had so many years to evolve. And they could show that with the Old Republic movie, like them evolving the fighting style. I think that'd be really cool if they ever do that to, you know, where it became to, you know, now where he's basically learning the basics and he's, you know, like an old school samurai. At least that's how I see it. And um, it's just it's 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 almost like when you watch Force Awakens and you see how Kylo isn't really fully. He doesn't look like he really is fully completed his training, like sword fighting training. And, you know, that could be a thing of not really learning it properly from Luke, I guess. That's the uh, the same thing with uh, Darth Maul, though, if you think about it. He's he's using that double-bladed saber, but who taught him to use that? I mean, nobody taught him to use a double-bladed lightsaber. He might have learned to use, like, a, a double weapon, like a staff or something, but... He's still not the best at using it, and I mean that that starts there too. Yeah, he t- he technically like just cheap shots Qui Gon, or he gets the best of Qui Gon. No, no, he cheap shot him <laughs> because because Qui Gon kind of deserved to die because of you know. He's okay. Athletic. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. You need to chill out, Chris. I mean, I, I think that's the whole thing about Star Wars. It's like the master dies in the first uh, film, you know, the first, uh, the third act. So they had to get to kill him off somehow. I don't know. Sort of like the theme now. He saw that with Han Solo in the new film. But I think he was supposed to die in Empire, wasn't he? Didn't he want to die in Empire or something? Yeah, yeah he, he, was supposed to, he was supposed to die in Return. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to. He didn't want to uh, come back and do a third one. That's why they did the carbonite thing. Yeah. And then I think he wanted to. He didn't really want to the character to live in return or something. But it, yeah, Lucas, yeah, he, he wanted to die, but they they took it away to to change the plot, I guess. And they also just paid him a crap ton of money. So yeah, Hawk, what do you what do you think of uh, Luke's? Uh, growth in uh, return because I, I feel like Luke even though Luke is kind of the center of everything I still feel like an empire it, it you know it, it does have its it does revolve around Leia a lot but I feel like return makes it feel like it's it's Luke's journey if that makes sense well it's all about Luke's mission and that's to save his father and it it's it can't be any more romantic than that that's a pretty romantic hero story right there to save his own family and he goes through some he goes through 
powerful transformation from Empire to Return. He it feels like he's a lot more confident in his, in his abilities, and I, I and it shows because he's he's standing up to the guy who just beat him in Return of the Jedi, and it like what what's the uh, what is the time span between uh, Return and Empire? Like months, a year, like in in, in universe, not movie dates. I don't know. I think it's got to be like three to five years. I believe three to five years. I think so. I think it's it's not it's pretty um, it's in between there. I think I can look it up. Did you see that uh, quote by Lucasfilm recently, where they 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 don't really want to have a timeline. They kind of just want to have you experience the movies in their present tree or whatever. Like they don't really want to. I read something where they don't really care for a timeline anymore. Like, like you know, the, the jumps in between the movies, they're just like, uh, you're going to see the present and they're not going to really uh, give too much backstory or dialogue on the time frame or the time jumps. For what? The, for which ones? I'm sorry. For the, okay. for the new movies and for uh, just the timeline in general. Because I, I, I know with the extended universe, they had a whole... They created the whole timeline, like BBY before the Battle of Yavin and after the Battle of Yavin. But I guess now, yeah. with Luke, now um, the Lucasfilm doesn't really want to have that time frame or or give too much detail on the time jumps. They just want to have the movies uh, there in the present is what you're going to experience. Well, I know, I know, um, Last Jedi picks up right where the last movie left off. Mm-hmm. So there's really no there's really no time in between that film and this new one. So I think they're going to I honestly think they're going to I think that Ryan Johnson said they're going to continue with that. So there's not really going to be any significant time. And by the way, between Empire and Jedi was 6 months, so I was way off. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you you have 6 months of growth with Luke Skywalker and it's like he's almost a completely different person when he, in and Return of the Jedi from Empire. I, just, I would just like to see like that progression somewhere. Like no one ever, because I think that um, when I when I first saw it, and I always thought about this afterwards. Like um, he got like ten minutes of training on the Falcon in the first film, <laughs> and then he went yeah. to he went to Dagobah, and I'm not even sure how long he was there, but it it was probably like a couple of days, <laughs> and then he comes back six months later and re- returned the Jedi, and he's like. Uh, He's like pretty much a master, I guess. Which I, I think it's almost like a trial by fire type of thing, where you're molded by your by the actual events and how you use the Force. Where the old Jedi, they were trained, but they didn't really experience combat. You know, they weren't really they had no Sith. There was no Sith. They were in a period of peace, so the, those Jedi's really didn't have anything. But in Luke, I mean, he's he's instantly. He's instantly thrown into a fight with Vader, the one of the most powerful Sith that's ever existed. I mean, and he he almost goes toe to toe with him. So that's I mean that's a big leap for Luke. I mean, I, I don't, guess go ahead, John. Sorry, I don't I don't think that's accurate. I don't think he goes toe to toe with him at all. I don't I don't think Vader is trying. Just personally, I don't think you you got you kind of get that he doesn't want to kill him. He wants him to join him. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna just beat him down. Vader could have easily crushed Luke Skywalker, and Luke Skywalker is never really good at fighting. He he never gets there. 
I mean, I, it's maybe an unpopular opinion, but I really hope that if Luke's going to die in this new movie, he just gets he destroyed. Like, he doesn't even put up a fight. Because he's never, he's never seriously trained. I mean, I honestly think, like, part of the reason he couldn't train Kylo is because he's not good at it. He's not good enough to train somebody. He doesn't have that kind of discipline. Well, he definitely wasn't traditionally trained, no. He doesn't have that. I just think what he has going for him is he's the uh, he's the son of the chosen one, you know? So he's got that uh, direct line to all that, that power, that, I guess. Yeah, that and he, he does tap into his emotions to fight. I mean, we saw that in return. He, he I mean, that he beat Vader with his feelings, so... I mean, you even see that in Force Awakens. As soon as Rey realizes, like, what's going on, she kind of turns into a badass. Like, she doesn't know anything other than, like, oh, she's fought with a, a weapon. You know, she was very trained with her staff and stuff, but as yeah. soon as that Force kind of... She felt that she was kind of a badass. I think that's a, sort of the same deal. I don't know. That's that's the only way I can justify it. I mean, it is fantasy, but to really break if you break it down, I think that's the the way I think about it. Now, there's a there's a lot of metaphors in this movie, and you know, one that's really noticeable or imagery is Luke wearing black, and and you don't see his shirt really pop open until the end to show or towards the end to show that he has the white cloth inside of his clo- clo- uh, his shirt and it was mm-hmm. kind of show like he had tendencies of turning to the dark side but it was you know revealing that on the inside he is truly the light side i guess is how you would phrase it is there any other type of meta that's like the most popular one but is there any like other metaphors that you guys see in this movie um i know people debate when he walks into the palace, when he kind of force chokes those gammering guards, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, oh, he's the dark side. But I'm not sure, like, I don't really see if he ever really, I mean, I, he maybe he he uh, tapped into it a bit, but I don't know. I don't really agree with him. Tur- I don't think he ever really turned to the dark side, honestly. Well, there, um, there's that whole big thing. There's a whole okay. big thing about him being the gray, being in the gray area, being gray Jedi, and so maybe he's using emotion and he's using he's using both dark and light abilities because I mean he he is a rebel in sense and he didn't really like a lot of what Yoda was saying so he kind of I feel like he he's kind of like that. That son, that like that, you know, like oh, whatever, dad, and <laughs> you know the Yoda a little bit there. So I, I feel like he he's like I'm gonna use both. I'm gonna dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> Rub another man's rhubarb. Not in terms of like imagery, but there's always. I mean, they're not really metaphors. It's just the you know the classic stories of the redemption story and. The force and everything. I mean, color wise, it's interesting that Yoda and, you know, Obi Wan wear brown, but a lot of the Jedi were, I, I mean, the masters wore brown, but a lot of them didn't like do that. It was, I felt like the, the people that were like classically trained and, you know, really part of that old world Jedi were all like brown. I don't know if that there's a reason for that. You know, it was like down to earth kind of thing or what. I, I let's, uh, mentioning the whole, uh, re- revealing of, uh, Luke. 
you know, wearing the dark clothes and using dark side abilities and, you know, kind of take well, taking advantage of the, uh, the dark, I don't want to say dark side of the force because I agree with you, Matt, my, my uncle Matt, that, uh, he, I don't think he's ever been to the dark side. I, I think he just channeled it to use it or something in a sense. What are you guys thinking about? That ending fight, since John John also mentioned that the when he's fighting his Vader and Vader holding back, and you know Hawk mentioned how he beats Vader with his emotions. How do how do you guys feel about the ending? And uh, does this close that trilogy or saga for you perfectly? In a sense, uh, Hawk. I think it does. I I think it might be. It's a great ending because it's not the hero who takes everyone down it's not luke that's you know hitting the final boss it's vader and that it's the non-cliche ending for the hero's journey it's you know it's the redemptive father you know being forgiven for his trans his past transgressions and it's him that does the final blow to palpatine it's not luke and i that's i think that's my favorite part about return of the jedi is that luke's not the actual one that saves the day it's, I mean, it's, inadv- inadvertently he does, but it's Vader that, you know, ends the cycle of death and pain and destruction in the universe. It's, it's Vader. It kind of comes full circle with, you know, what happens in him kind of starting the whole talking to Palpatine in episode two. And then in episode three, you know, he kind of, he looks up to Palpatine. He thinks Palpatine is his friend and he basically just becomes Palpatine's weapon, I feel like. And then in this one, it's like he finally comes out of that trance or that uh, manipulation and defeats Palpatine to save his son. You know, I I, I like I like uh, I like that whole thing. It, it, I mean, you still get the sense, even if you watch the three, I still feel like you still like the original trilogy. I still feel like you get that sense that he's overcoming the manipulation to save his son. Uh, how do you how do you feel about that, John? I mean, I, I'm just echoing what Hawk said. I think it's it's cool that Luke doesn't do it all. And honestly, I don't feel like he could have done it. I mean, not that I'm, you know, trashing Luke here. I just don't think he could have beat Palpatine <laughs> by himself. Luke uh, has I, the Metaclorians of the Chosen One in him, okay? Uh, well, that's not good enough sometimes. Especially for the audience. Uh, but but I, I, I do like how they, they sum it all up and didn't they uh didn't they do something to like the end of the movie with like the celebration or something in terms of like an add-on? They added uh Naboo. Yeah, they added Naboo and they added uh Coruscant. Do you guys feel that was necessary? No. Not really. It doesn't it don't... make sense. I don't know. I feel like, like he did that to tie in the, the news... prequels. Would that news travel that fast cuz there's still Imperial Star Destroyer ships like in the galaxies and stuff. I'm not I'm like the Death Star like the first Death Star blew up, and there was still a force. They were still forced to be reckoned with. Like that Star Destroyers didn't just drop out of the sky. Well, there is. Um, and if There's you play the game, that. if you yeah. if you play the game, she kind of the guy tells her right away. She's like, "Hey, you need to get back to the ship. The Emperor's dead." And maybe if news travels, I mean, the the way they transport news is by holograms, and you have to physically transport it there. I hey, mean, there's gossip, okay? They could have, like, Kardashians or something on Coruscant, like... There's Twitter. 
Yeah, maybe they have like yeah. a Twitter or social media. Because oh. hard Instagram. Because how long is that party? Maybe they didn't find out right away, you know? Because yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The, the, the Death Star blew up, and then you know they have that party, and there's like a long dialogue, and then the burning of Vader. Maybe maybe they didn't find out exactly right away. Keeping up with the Mandalorians. Yeah. Maybe they were partying for like three weeks. Everybody got <laughs> wasted. Well, there is that uh, that path to the Force Awakens comic. It's only like a couple issues or an issue, and they kind of show one of the X-wing pilots get with another woman at the party or something. It's really weird, but I don't know. Oh yeah, like that weird. Uh, I heard about that. There's some kind of weird sex scene. That's so weird. Uh, I just think maybe Lucas didn't even think about it. He's like, well, we're gonna wrap this up now. Let's. Because uh... <laughs> there's a there's a power vacuum now. I mean, really, you just took off, like, the top two. There's, like, you still got, like, a bunch of commanders and generals left in, in the wing. Well, that's what Battlefront 2, if you play Battlefront 2, that's what, that, it kind of, it kind of fills that gap, in a sense, to you wondering what's going on, and it, it kind of, uh, you know what I'm talking about, Matt, is, uh, yeah, yeah, because you played it, it's, it kind of follows the Empire with, like Palpatine leaves this droid, this messenger droid with his uh, commands and stuff on it. So it, it's like he recorded this stuff to, to whatever Admiral was left to destroy evidence and destroy whatever is left of the Imperial thing and go, it almost like they're trying to go in the hiding in a sense. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think what I gathered from that was they were destroying everything that was, from the old empire, so they can almost like what the Nazis did, you know, they would, they sort of destroyed everything, and then they all gathered in Argentina, <laughs> yeah, to sort of start the the Fourth Reich. You know, I think it has that uh, comparison where we're just going to regroup now, and that's what the First Order is. It's the honestly. Fourth Reich, kinda. It's like, well, we have to get back to it, but we we're you know, let's regroup and start over again. Make a new Death Star. I think if you notice Palpatine in that whole, yeah, we gotta make a new Death Star, make it bigger. <laughs> Hog out a planet and put a gun in the middle of it. <laughs> Looks like a Pokeball. <laughs> like a Pokeball. <laughs> gotta catch all those rebels. I think back to uh, that though. The Empire. I think uh, you know Palpatine was. He had power over the whole empire with the dark side, I think. Even in that last battle, he was sort of controlling everything. So when he died, I think everything just went, you know, all that connection was lost and everybody didn't know what to do. So I think that's where it all fell apart. But um, did you guys ever see that uh, some guy did a, a study on what would happen if he actually blew up the Death Star above Endor? No. It was pretty interesting. It was like... It wouldn't just explode. It would like destroy the planet below it. All the water would turn to glass, and <laughs> after it would it would completely kill everybody on the planet. It would cause it, you know, even when it because parts would crash onto the surface. Yeah, they kind of show like, that in the game, but multiple Hiroshima bombs. You know, it's, it was really interesting. That's because it's massive. Like it wouldn't just. It's, it's almost it the size just, of the moon. Yeah, it's not going to just do nothing if it's that close to the planet. It was really great. It was like the gra- it was in the gravitational pull of the planet that would have caused complete devastation. <laughs> That's because I, uh, 
the blast was so significant it disintegrated a lot of the debris and <laughs> anyway i got off on a tangent there sorry no that was that was good that was good fantastic um i guess uh wasn't luke's like orig- or or mark hamill wanted luke to he talked to lucas or had conversations with him about luke turning actually right or something like that yeah yeah i think that was yeah he that that was his he thought that would be a good story arc i guess cuz he always thought villains were more um interesting which i don't really agree with but they thought it would be interesting for him to turn to the dark side and then him sort of be turned back by vader i guess that was the original plan but they kind of shot that down thank thankfully so there's like that would, 30... that would have been really complicated. Yeah, how very, about... <laughs> very complicated, especially in what two hours. So there's like thirty years of you know in between Return and Force Awakens, and there's this uh, New Order, which we kind of discussed. Maybe it was like the Fourth Right type deal, and they regrouped. I really hope they just show in the Last Jedi how Snoke kind of took over this First Order or became the leader of this First Order. I hope they discuss that or something, because I hope they don't... Just some kind of dialogue about it, because I don't want to just see... He just, he, just, he just walked right in and took control. Yeah, I, I guess. I hope that's what they say. I'll be fine with it. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> there's, so many, there's so many theories about who he is. Um, from, though, Darth, he's Darth Plagueis, all the way up to... He's Mace Windu, which is retarded. I'm sorry, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, but I know he's from the unknown regions, which they haven't explored yet in in the in the films. I know they're they're doing that. So I you know I'd like to know who who he is and it, it does he is he even a I wouldn't consider him a, a Sith because they're all I think they're all dead now. But is he a Force user? I don't know because you don't really know. Well, there, uh, John mentioned it. Uh... A while ago and you know kind of we kind of bring it up here and there when we talk about star wars about how john theorized that he's an ancient uh sith or ancient jedi or something force user and i just i just saw a theory and we talked about it when uh on our last episode where uh we'll be posting when we talk about the infinity war trailer but there's this theory that this guy came up with where he thinks he's like an ancient you know force user and that's why Luke goes to the first to find the first Jedi temple is to see if he can recover any kind of ancient knowledge of how to defeat Snoke. And, you know, Snoke's been entombed and maybe the way that's why he looks the way he does is he's he has to consume force users like a vampire almost to regain his mm. his, you know, his his power back. And yeah. he's using Kylo to do that. It's like and, the plot to the the uh Brennan Fraser mummy that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I swear I hope I hope Luke isn't the one that released Snoke upon the universe. I just hope. I don't know. It's it's, it's really confusing who he is, but I'm sure hopefully they'll I mean we won't even know who Ray's parents are yet, which I don't know if that's important or not. Everybody's saying uh and I don't think she's a Skywalker. I don't think she's a Kenobi. Uh, you know, why can't she just be her. It's just like what Dumbledore said. It's not your lineage or your 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 abilities. It's your actions. 
that make She's you... a Windu. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you hear about that? Yeah, he's still alive. Who? Yeah. yeah, Samuel Jackson was like, he's still alive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We did uh we did an episode where we pitched our Mace Windu movies about what happens after uh Revenge of the Sith. I mean they're pretty damn good. They're they're pretty damn I, I good. I heard those. I listened to that episode, yeah. Uh, I do like the uh, Seventh Samurai deal, you know the Kurosawa stuff. You know that was a, that was pretty cool. Oh, you're it's just saying this- that because you're my uncle. All this stuff. <laughs> well, uh, you know, all this stuff is based on that stuff anyway. Yeah. Any other Last Jedi theories you guys have, or do you, do you really think Ray's gonna turn to the dark side? I feel like it'd be too sudden. Nah. It wouldn't be too sudden if it's the whole movie is about it. Maybe Luke killed her parents. And oh shit! She's gonna find out. <laughs> what, what if she? Yeah. What if her parents were part of the Knights of Ren and Luke just defended himself, and he accidentally slayed him? Accidentally. Well, no. In in defense, slayed him. No remorse. What if? Now, now, what if Snoke is? the trainee to Darth Plagueis and he's the one who killed Darth Plagueis and that's what the story is about is Snoke killing Darth Plagueis and he has the power to create life with metachlorians and he creates Rey. That'd be too much man. That'd be way too much. Hold on. That was like the original theory I've heard before with that she's uh, the embodiment of the force like she's no she was uh, Darth Vader reincarnated uh, Anakin which I thought was so silly. Now, now, hold on. Okay, what if? Wait, what if? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Those new aliens. What are they called? The porgs. No, the other ones. The like prophets. The, for- or the, the force takers. Yeah. Okay. Force so, nuns. Yeah. nuns. They felt a disturbance in the force because they can feel the force when Palpatine was killed, and they resurrected him, and that's no. Hmm. I don't know. Man. And he that's... changed his name because he. What's the code name? It stands for something. <laughs> Yeah, what's what's Palpatine's first name? It starts with an S, doesn't it? Sen- his first name is Sheev. Senator. It's Sheev, I think. Sheev. Yeah. yeah, it is. Sheev, no, no longer <laughs> out <Come>. there, homie. <laughs> I don't know. Snow. <laughs> Snow. I, I think Kylo Ren is going to turn good. There's a guy at my work, like, if I talk to him about Star Wars, he keeps calling Snoke Snake or something. He's like, <laughs> he says it real weird. He's like, what's with this? The Snake Big Boss guy. is going to be in our movie? What's with Snake? <laughs> Look, maybe, okay, if, if they brought him back to life, he's going to have brain damage. He was technically dead. So it's like he had a stroke. So he, he forgot his name. Yeah. That's, 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 that's what it is. I think he's going to have a lot more than brain damage falling down a, like, a, a chute. You don't know where those people go. We never see the end result. Yeah. What if he became so brain damaged his, his, he, when he talks, it, it doesn't make any sense. He's basically like an ultimate warrior promo. You don't know what the guy's saying. What, what if he really is Palpatine? Would you guys be mad? I'd be very mad. I'm not going to lie. I don't think yes. I'll be mad as long as it's a good explanation. John, John, John why would you be mad? I'm tired of Palpatine, man. I need somebody new. <laughs> yeah, move on, man. There's this guy, this other guy I work with who he was telling me about his theory. He's like, I'm telling you, man, 
I think Rey is a reincarnation of Palpatine because it's always Skywalker versus the Palpatines. What if it's <laughs> it's Rey Palpatine versus Skywalker? Rey Palpatine? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like the Clampets and the McCoys. <laughs> the Hatfield and McCoys. Oh, the Hatfield. <laughs> Rey Palpatine? Mm. It's Ray McCoy. I don't know, man. I, I, I just don't know why everyone has to connect. Like, not everybody has to be, like, a, a cousin of somebody or a, a brother or a son. I think it needs to stop. It's, she's a djinn. She's a djinn. We all know this. She's a djinn. She's, oh she's, <laughs> she's an urso? She's an urso. No, 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 no. No, she's Qui-Gon djinns. She's a djinn. A new game that um, that Item Versio and the character she is with that yeah that might be the connection. Hmm, I that'd be interesting. That. Yeah, I mean that's the most uh, down to earth explanation because it's they they do do a time jump in that game. Yeah, um, when the first order start first gets going and they're still alive apparently so. Daisy Ridley says that it's obvious who her parents are after watching The Force Awakens. So it's, if it's, it's Luke, how would you guys feel? I just don't know how that would happen. It wouldn't make sense. Why would he leave her on that planet? That's my like. I don't think Luke is the type of person to just abandon a child. He just yeah. It just it's weird. And give it to that weird junk guy, <laughs> Simon Pegg. It's mine. <laughs> yes. It, why would he give him the Simon Pegg? He's obviously a weirdo. One quarter portion. <laughs> Did you guys ever see that fish with the nose and the mouth? Like when it, it they, they just, you know, it looks like a human face. And they theorize when the fish comes out of water because it, it lives so deep under ground that it, when it comes out of, when it comes, you know, in contact with air, it just swells up. You guys know what I'm talking about? What are you talking about? You're talking about a blobfish. Yeah, the blobfish, yeah. It decompresses when it comes above surface because it lives so far underground or underwater and the pressure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if, what if the Porg, when it, go, when it leaves the island of Octu, it grows bigger and he basically becomes the new Wookiee? <laughs> it's just a giant Porg. <laughs> All right, I, I, I got one. I got one for you. I forgot it. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's move into our let's move into our final thoughts on uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, oh, I remembered. I remembered again. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. So hear me out here. Uh, Padme had three kids. Right? <laughs> they froze the third triplet. That's Ray. What if Padme was a Force user and Ray is the resurrection of Padme? Then she could. Then she could have. Then she could have force choked Anakin when she was being force choked. You know, I don't know, John. I'm just adding. Okay, I'm just adding to the theories. Okay, that's what the internet does. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> what if? What if Snoke? What if Snoke is a celestial, and he wants to convince Luke to become a celestial with him so they can conquer planets to gain power with the Infinity Gauntlet. With the Infinity Gauntlet, and then the twin jets show up. Isn't that what Gandalf the Grey is? Isn't he a celestial? Yes. So Isn't what's... That, that's not... 
So what's um what's our final thoughts on uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, Chris Hawk? So uh, I'm just gonna give it a grade because it's already been out for so long. Uh, I think this is actually the funniest out of the three OG trilogies, or maybe I think it's actually the funniest of the Star Wars movie, and I think it's because of C-3PO. He is honestly like the king of comedy in this movie. His one-liners are perfect. Uh, his interactions with the Ewoks they're pretty they're pretty damn awesome. Uh, I, I mean, I laughed out loud for a good minute or two because of some of the things 3PO was saying. This movie doesn't feel like two hours and 14 minutes. It goes by, to me, it goes by pretty fast. Some others blame the pacing for the, their dislike of this movie. I think this movie goes by pretty fast. Um, uh, one thing that kind of tripped me up a little bit was Leia had, had memories of uh, Padme, and she, she categorizes them as not memories but feelings and i want i want to know how who told him about them. that's like the one thing about you know mix when that's like when you do prequels there's going to be some things that don't line up and i think that's one of the things that doesn't line up unless she was told about it from a third sort well jedi can see the future i mean what if leia has a special ability since she's the daughter of the chosen one where she can kind of have feelings of uh of you know because there's the force, you know, when things die, they become part of the force. What if she has feelings of her mother from the, the you know, when she, her spirit becomes with... Like she, like she can feel the imprint her mother left? Yeah. What if it's something I like that? That, that would be cool. Because Leia does, I mean, we see Leia in Force Awakens know when Han dies. Yeah, and in, in Empire, she can, well, there's the whole Spoiler. twin thing, too. But, you know, her connection with Luke through the force is pretty strong what if i feel like leia leia in her mind can connect to the force a lot better than luke does i feel like but yeah all this wraps up into i think it's it's a great ending even with all the the um, the hokey celebrations and the assumed power vacuum that happens afterwards i think it wraps up everything in a nice bow um luke not saving the day is you know one of my favorite things I I would give this movie like a nine point eight out of ten. Uh, Matt, Uncle Matt. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of biased with this film. It's one of my favorite Star Wars films, so I'm obviously gonna give it a ten out of a ten. <laughs> Thirty Sorry. out of ten. I'm gonna give it two hundred out of ten. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I I agree with Chris. I mean, it wraps it up really well. Um, you kind of see the end of the you see you see the prophecy fulfilled by by the chosen one. Um, you get to see Ewoks, of course, which I love. <laughs> uh, <jump> <laughs> so yeah, I think it was it's it's absolutely my favorite film. The only thing I if anything ever anything can happen in the next movie as long as Luke ignites the green. That's all I want to see. Oh, I want to see him take out that saber. And ignite the green, man. That's all I want. Ten out of ten. John, John what's uh, what's your um, final? Actually, I'll go before John. We'll let John go last. Uh, no, no, I'm going before you. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Okay, go ahead. I'm I'm not gonna give it a grade because we don't need to do that. But I mean, I will just say it is second to last in terms of Star Wars order of the movies I love. But that doesn't mean anything. It's still really good. The only Star Wars movie I don't really like is Attack of the Clones. But overall, I mean, it's a great movie. It it does its job summing up the the whole thing of the original trilogy. And I 
I don't see all the hate for it, personally. Words of Wisdom by Obi John Kenoki. Um, I I like Returns. I like all Star Wars. So it's it's weird when I th- when I you know have the concept of having a list from favorite to least favorite because I love all Star Wars. It's you know it's not always on an equal plane. So that's why Return is lower than the than the rest because I do favor I do find some of them more rewatchable than Return in my opinion. But I love Return of the Jedi. I love uh, I love Star Wars. I love the whole f- thing at the end. You know, he's fighting Vader and and uh, he's he's hiding from Vader and Vader finds out about Leia and he's like, "There's a you have a sister," whatever he says to him. And I love that whole thing. I I love Lando getting some action in this and helping blow up the the, the second Death Star. I I, I wish. I wish they'd bring Lando back because they said that Lando won't be in the Last Jedi. Like, what? What the heck happened to Lando? I guess we'll never know. But doesn't he run Cloud City now? I think he's pretty busy. I well, did, did they did say he did get Cloud City back? So he's got some work to do, man. He's got contractors to hire. I just hope they 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 go back permits. to him before because he's kind of he's old. He's he's up there. I hope they go back to him soon. I hope when they bring him back, it's just. Donald Glover and old face makeup. Oh my god, you shut <laughs> up. And <laughs> I doubt fire. I I love the metaphor of Luke dealing with the dark side and, you know, in my opinion, I feel like he does dabble in it and uses it in in a way. I f- I feel like the whole gray thing is just is just Luke using both and him using emotions to accepting that because that's and talking about the Jedi to end in in the trailer for last Jedi I feel like that whole thing is is you know him giving away that whole strict just like being a robot basically because you can't love you you just got to think logically and you're you're basically a machine if you think about like Yoda and and Mace and them during the prequels they're almost machines in a sense they they needed to end they you can't live without feelings and emotions. So I like Luke using those and I like him uh not giving in to Palpatine's manipulation almost and and you know, not wanting to kill his father. I, I like Return of the Jedi. Uh like I said, it's it's not on my on the highest of my list, but I think Return is, is definitely one of the better films in cinema, I feel like because of how it ties up a, a bow in the trill in this trilogy. So that was our discussion on Return of the Jedi. Uh, thank you to my uncle, Matt Nixon, for joining Thanks us on this episode. Uh, he's the, one of the bigger, the biggest Star Wars fans I, I've known, and he's kind of helped show me uh, Star Wars, and you know, he's giving me hand-me-downs of his old toys, and I love it. And, and it's cool to have him on the podcast and talk with my best friends, Chris Hawk and John, 
about, uh, you know, something I like, Star Wars. If you want to follow him, he, like I said, he's an artist, really good. He's on Instagram at Gorilla with a Tie. You can see all his sketches and a lot of his art. Uh, he's really good. Uh, John, do you want to tell us about where to find us and talk about Patreon a little bit? Sure can. You can find us on all relevant social media platforms. That's Facebook, uh, Cinema 7. Twitter, uh, what? Uh, Cinema 7 underscore podcast or something, something like that. Uh, Instagram, we have an Instagram, you know, there's occasional discussions on there like Team Alien, Team Predator, you know. You Team uh, Aliens uh, or you Team Predator? I'm Team Versus. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, you can find us on uh, Patreon uh, at Cinema 7 there. Uh, you can support as little a dollar as a month and we'll always mention your name on the podcast, you know, as a thank you. Like, uh, Thanks to you guys, Chris Hawk and uh, Mario, and thanks to oh and me and, and uh, Mario's mom. Thanks, Mario's mom. Thanks. Yeah, they support the podcast uh, for as little as a dollar a month, and uh, you know they're not only us, but they're our biggest fans. Even even <laughs> if you gave a dollar one time and then canceled it, I'll still mention your name every single time. Yeah. So you know, support the podcast. Give us that dollar. You know, that's a that's like a bag of Cheez-Its at the Dollar Tree I can get on my lunch break. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thanks a lot. And you get to mention your name on the podcast. That's in the internet forever, basically, until I delete it. Or, you know, until SoundCloud goes out of business. But, Chris Hawk, do you want to talk about some of the uh, episodes we've done or some, some of the stuff we got coming up? Yeah, we have a Stranger Things 2 episode that should be in the works, oh, I believe. Right? Yeah, it's still in the works. I'm, like, I, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. It, Mario wants to make sure this is the most perfect episode. And I have an OCD or like a perfectionist type thing when it comes to the podcast. It's got to sound good. I got to get rid of all the background noise. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm a weirdo like that. We might do a Force Awakens take two. That's in. You guys want to? We could probably do a Force Awakens take two if you guys are game for that. John and but I we were do. talking, and John and I think we should just do an episode in each Star Wars episode. Each or just do well, one giant episode? What I proposed was four and five together, because obviously five's the greatest thing to ever hit the world. Uh, so what else do we need to say about that? But no, really, we can touch on both of them. Then we do all the prequels together. Uh, we make it kind of a longer episode. And then we do a specific episode seven uh, hype episode. We got to have good. we got to have Matt Nixon on. For the prequel ones, because we need his insight, because he's he's original trilogy fan. He loves, he's seen some of them in theaters, and I feel like he'd give us a good take of his generation and that generation's take on the prequels. I would definitely be up for doing that. <clears throat> I found some new love for the prequels, so I, we could talk about that. I've changed my mind on a lot of stuff. What? So. Everything but uh, everything but Attack of the Clones. <laughs> hey. I don't know, man. I like that detective vibe in that movie. I can't lie. Detective Obi Wan. Detective. Obi Wan. Detective. Anyway, yeah, I'd be glad to do it. You guys are gonna do a uh, something for uh, the new movie as well, like a recap or something. So. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like a, like a. Obviously, our first episode would be like our general thoughts after the you know seeing it and the hype and all that, and then we can do our die down uh, after the hype thoughts i'm here man anytime you want me on i'll be on i'll be glad to do it and that logo is still in the works though right 
<laughs> Still working on it. Uh, Chris Hawk, do you want to tell them about uh, Audible? Tell them about that Audible. Tell them about that sponsor we have, that one so, lonely sponsor, audible.com. So Audible loves us a lot, and they're giving us something to you guys for free. They're allowing you guys to do a 30-day free trial of any books you want to do and listen to. So all you got to do is type in audible.com slash trial. No, 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 no. Audibletrial.com. Audibletrial.com slash C7pod. There you go. There you go. And you'll get a free 30-day trial of Audible in which you can listen to over, what is it, like 900,000 audiobooks or something like that, or 100,000 audiobooks, or... 40,000 audiobooks. It's a lot of numbers. I just know it's a lot. Greatest commercial that's ever. That's accurate. Yeah. But right now I'm reading a book called um, Before the Fall. And it's about a plane crash. And it's pretty phenomenal. I don't think I've listened to a book this crazy in ever. I don't listen to Audible books. So this is my first Audible book. So audibletrial.com slash c7pod. You get 30-day free audible and a free audio book or audio drama of your choice do it but uh yeah we're cinema seven always explore with us uh check us out on all podcast platforms and like john was telling you look us up on social media chris hawk send it away all right so we at cinema seven are team alien no we want to we want to thank you for watching with us we want to thank you for exploring with us oh shoot (laughs) Oh, <laughs> no.